two-week hiatus since we broadcast last and man we have uh i've missed doing this a lot but i'm grateful for that two-week hiatus because we got to do some really fun media projects for some kingdom businesses and what a time it was stressful but man it was cool it was cool to see what we could do when we when we put both of our energies together yeah it was it was special we get to not to go into too much detail but we got to work with uh, several businesses that are going to have a huge impact uh in the new world and when i say the new world i mean the fourth industrial revolution like these companies and these businesses are literally there for the kingdom and they're doing extraordinary things like things i never thought i would ever see in the kingdom uh just so blessed to be excited about it and it's I don't know. I mean, it's what we love. We love media. We love using our resources to help people. And so if you're out there and you have any interest at all um, in understanding and learning media, uh, please reach out to us. We have a free training on our website, livemanaworldwide.org. That's L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A worldwide.org. We have a free training. It's on a tab there. And if, look, before you just kind of dismiss it as like, oh, whatever, it's just a training. Like, first of all, there's no charge for it. Uh, it's super intensive. And the president of the United States just a few days ago pretty much told the world that if you don't know these skills, you're going to be left behind. Those skills he was talking about are what's in our training, and it's free. Yeah. So this is for you. It's for available. And those of you who have complained, like, well, I don't have I don't have the money to take that course. I don't have the time. I don't have this or that. It's sitting on the website, no charge, and it's there for you to take when you have time. Um, it's super important. It's everything that we collectively have really just worked our butts off on for the last several years, um, and we've been able to put it all into one training for you. It's super important that you do it, um, regardless of what industry you're in, because. I was telling a buddy yesterday who runs an orphanage in, uh, where's the, Tijuana, Mexico. Uh, an amazing guy has this great orphanage that is just helping rehabilitate kids uh, in ways that I didn't even know was possible. But we were talking yesterday and he's taking our media training and he, the light bulb went off for him and he said, 
it doesn't matter what you do. It's all interchangeable. It doesn't matter if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a hip hop uh, artist, if you want to, to paint, if you want to have a talk show, if you have a ministry, or if you're an attorney, he goes, it's all the same stuff. It's just interchangeable. That's what our, that's what our training teaches and not to harp too much on it. Um, but it's important. So please do that today. Um, with that said, Today is a very special broadcast. Um, Miracle, who we have tried to interview several different times, but have had technology issues. But I kind of think that maybe God did that on purpose because the timing for this broadcast is incredibly important. Um, look, first of all, Miracle is an author. She's a songwriter. She's a singer. She's an actress. She's, uh, she's just very, very accomplished. She owns multiple businesses. Um, but she has a real heart for God um, that comes across just like any just in a regular chit chat. Mm -hmm. it, it's, a, it's a special, special thing to have a conversation with her. But one of the things that I'm excited to talk about is she, has a, she created a podcast and it seems to be like a movement for her. And it's called God Sex Love. She's the creator and she's the host of it. And she talks on subjects that. Frankly, I think the church is shied away from, and, and it's to the detriment of believers. Um, sex is this really, really taboo subject when it comes to believers. And, and frankly, I believe because we don't have these honest conversations around sex, um, we have this, this, I don't, what would you call it? A stigma? And yeah, it's definitely, I would say, a stigma. Um, I feel like it's kind of been a don't talk about this in regards to everything sex. But when you look at it, love and sex are two of the most powerful things under God to to between two people. So it should be talked about. Otherwise, how are you supposed to know what you're doing right, wrong? Well, yeah, and and what does God say about sex? And I know what the Bible says about sex. And but more importantly, what happens if you aren't a believer, and then you have these habits as a non-believer, and then you become a believer, and then it's like, wait a second. So am I supposed to now, like? But I liked all that stuff over here. That was fun. And here's what I've seen in the news over the last month alone. Pastor after pastor stepping down because of some type of sexual related incident. And to me, what that screams is, we're afraid to talk about sex. And I know that churches have sex sermons, but when we when we talk about sex and we go penis, <laughs> we're not having an adult conversation. Or when we say vagina, <laughs> like we're not having an adult conversation, especially in the church. Because we have real sexual issues in the church, outside of the church, in the home, in the streets, everywhere. We have an unhealthy relationship with sex, and there's no one on this planet that is willing to admit that as much as I am. I have a very unhealthy relationship with sex, and I'm working on it. So getting to talk to people like Miracle, it's called a miraculous because it's so much fun to say, um, <laughs> a Miracle uh, it's it's she is to me is trend setting and having these healthy, open conversations about sex and sexuality as a single Christian, but also as a married believer. So without further ado, please welcome the one, the only Miracle Sims. Ah, there you go. What's up, Miracle? Hello, 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 friends. Man. Hallelujah. Hold on. 
Yes. Praise the Lord. Miracle. Now, for the very first time, I get to hear you actually say it. What are you grateful for today and why? You know what? Well, well uh, I think today I'm just grateful that, you know, the Lord is on our side with this technology and that we're actually having this conversation because I don't think that people will ever understand what we went through to get here. So yeah. thank God for this on today. Yes. Realistically, how many different times did we try to do this? Has it been four or five? <sighs> um. Well, if you count all the times in the <laughs> scheduled times. <laughs> oh, it's like 10. <laughs> You know, so uh, something was trying to block this conversation, but you know, again, to God be the glory, we're here, we're going to have it. And um, I mean, all you already have expressed so many different reasons why we need this conversation. So, I mean, I really don't have much to even say outside of my testimony because <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, you already hit a bunch of main points there. Well, it, but this is an important subject um, because this is a point of contention and struggle for relationships mm -hmm. i mean I, like i don't even know how to like not overtake this is a conversation that i could talk about 10 hours by myself because it's been the greatest impact it's so interesting to me that sex is this like one small little part of a relationship but yet it's the very thing that can destroy a relationship it can damage it because mm. it's the source of lies it's a source of manipulation, trauma. trauma. Like there's all of these different things that are factored into sex that it's just so complicated. And then like with my own history with, I, I wouldn't even want to label, label it bisexual because I didn't really stop at men um, or, you know, or, or even women for that matter. Like I was a genuine sex addict, chem sex addict. And I've spent a lifetime trying to understand what's real for me. And even and then now six years walking with the Lord, my sexuality really hasn't changed. The the perversion, the the inability to control my urges, and those things have gone away. Mm -hmm. Part, um, it's not perfect by any means, but like it was. Well, but the thing is, is like now for me and 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 for us, I for my entire life only had weird kinky sex i don't know how to have normal sex i don't know how to to treat things like oh it's a man and a woman and we're gonna make love today like i don't have that in me a hundred percent it's 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 growing mm -hmm. but it's not all there so i'm saying all of this to say i know we're not the only christian couple jesus loving couple that has sexual things that are different and they don't really fit into the box of what the church will talk about. Mm. So from your experience, what what led you to want to go down this path where you were going to be the, the godly woman that talks about sex? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, first, let me say thank you for sharing, um, you know, what you've shared. I'm sure, again, you can go miles with that because, I mean, oh. like you said, you know, you, I'm sure you're not the only one. Right. And so even I'm with what you experienced and so. You know, your testimony uh, can be powerful and whatnot as well. And so I think that's pretty much where it started from for me. I mean, I pretty much just have to share my testimony at this point because, you know, basically I was a single Christian woman and I was very horny. <laughs> and so in my 20s, uh, which is 
this period of time I called the cultivation period, which I actually wrote about in this book here. Um, you know, it was kind of like formative years um, outside of like things that I had been introduced to at a younger age. So it's a lot to the story, but long story short, if I can try to make the long story short, is that basically in my 20s, um, you know, again, I'm single, Christian, horny and asking the Lord, where is my husband? You know, like I know what I've been taught. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know how I feel, all those different things. And, and I'm like, if you want me to do this thing right, then where is the man at, you know, and all these things, right? And, and asking God all these questions. And eventually, um, I had to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself some things. And one of those things was like, why are you this way? Why are you so horny? Why are you so frisky? You're always like ready to go <laughs> and, and all these different things. And so because, again, you know, I held on to my virginity until like I was in my 20s. So, you know, obviously and again, I'm sure the way I was raised had a lot to do with that. My mom's an evangelist, you know, again, so I raised up in the church. I knew right from wrong, right, quote unquote. Um, however, again, long story short, when I thought about at that period of time, when I thought about like what made me the way I was, um, basically I had to look back at my past. And I had to look at that, like how was I introduced to these sexual things? And unfortunately, my story begins with a babysitter pretty much introducing sexual things to me at a young age, had to have been at least three or four, um, where she was encouraging me to kiss and fondle and things like that. And it led up to just thoughts the rest of my life. It led up to me masturbating from then on up just to go to sleep sometimes. Just so many different things that it led to, which also ultimately led me up to me being single in my 20s and fooling around but not in a relationship and all that type of stuff so by the time god showed me all of that so you know i was like so i'm gonna need you to change some things if you want the things you want basically i was like okay um you know so i took that that challenge and you know worked on changing different things and um one of those things was trying to find content at the time i was looking you know trying to see if there was anyone else that was out there like me like you just said like is there anybody else because you feel alone um and whatnot and so when i didn't necessarily see what i was looking for um i would say that was like the beginning stages of me feeling led to then share my journey to then show other people like hey you know i'm i'm here i go through the same stuff if you're out there you know especially the wide world you know the web and whatnot just getting on youtube and just sharing my thoughts as a christian woman and what i was learning at that time and so that was that is what I would say is the beginning stages of what everyone now knows as God, sex, and love. So, I mean, I pause because I mean, you know, I know I just shared a lot there. <laughs> what, so what did you learn? Like, what did you learn on your journey? I mean, now you have a husband, mm -hmm. but in your single journey in your sexuality, like, what did you learn? And and, and really, what was the you mentioned fooling around, like. Mm -hmm. What were your takeaways? Like, what? How did it change your relationship with God? Did it make you closer? Were you were you were you talking to God before you went and made out with the people? Or like, just walk us through that part of it where you, it that shaped you into a leader in Christian sexuality. Mm, all those are great questions. Um, so basically, for me, basically what it ended up being was um, after looking at my at myself in the mirror. Because okay, I tell you guys, one of the first things that led me to to start looking at things differently. Basically, I was going to church, and um, one Sunday the pastor goes, 
if you make God's wants your wants, you're going to get what you want. And again, I was in the midst of praying to God and like, where's my husband? And where, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is what I want. And, you know, I feel like I got everything else but this, you know. And so, um, and so when I heard that message that Sunday, I just was like, I get again, I guess I'm crazy to be like, oh, okay. So you're trying to, okay, then let's see, you know? <laughs> and so that's kind of like one of the things. But um, another thing I would say, and then I got, I wrote about it in the book, is that I met this guy at church. And that's this whole thing. I don't get too deep into it, but I met this guy and I thought like, I had several guys <laughs> that I thought could have been the one. <laughs> and so he was one of them. And um, at the time, but I didn't know that then, but I met him. And he was nice or whatever. And we talked and he was like one of the first guys I had like faith conversations with. So I'm thinking like, okay, everything is lining up now. Everything's lining up. Right. And so, um, but see, I was so used to dealing with guys in a certain way. Like, okay, like we get to know each other. Then we start flipping around and then we're like, oh no, not sex, but everything else still, you know, and, and all of that. But by the time we got to the place where it was going to, where I was so used to being like, okay so here's where we fooled around and he didn't want that for me and i i was confused by that because i was like well i thought we were getting to each other i thought it was cool like i thought we were that. but um so that was one of the eye-opening moments for me as well because i was like in my mind if i if i thought this guy could be the one right and i thought that perhaps you know i want this type of man that you know i can talk to about god and that we can have these relationships and, and all this type of stuff and conversations but I'm pushing this type of man away by my actions, right? I'm not doing what I say I want, right? I'm, if I'm going to be fooling around when I want marriage, those th those two things don't go together when you really think about it. And so, um, so yeah, th different things like that happened to where I, again, was like, you know what? I have to do some things differently. So eventually I start, you know, kind of... I challenges y'all so I, I stopped masturbating around that time i stopped fooling around i was like okay i cut off friends with benefits had to have conversations with them. like okay so i know we had this little thing going on but you know we're not together x y and z so let's just be friends like all those different things i was doing at that time to grow close to the god i was also challenging myself to read the bible the entire thing at that time so again i was there was a lot of stuff going on during the cultivation period but yeah um i challenged myself to do those things and i feel like ultimately now you did mention that you know yes i am married now and everything like that and i feel like the blessings i have now is because god honored the faithfulness then um did it happen quick like that no like i mean obviously there was years between my 20s and now being you know i got married when i was 30 you know so like you know and i'm 36 now i just turned 36 last week so I'm 36 now you know what i'm saying and so um obviously there was time in between and a lot of things that happened but um i think the willingness to trust god with it the willingness to say okay i see that you want me to change some things i see that i need to change some things um and being willing to do that stuff in that particular time uh helped me be to where i am so I hope that answered the question because again, there's just so many things. What? So you said when you stopped doing all of the things you weren't supposed to be doing. I'm curious about the masturbating. Why is it important to stop masturbating? So I feel like it was important for me to stop masturbating, to to learn that self-control, to to understand that I could, because again, that was something that I was doing to go to sleep sometimes you know what i mean and so 
I mean, yeah, it probably one of one of the things that helped me stay a virgin so long, right? <laughs> but at the same time, too, it wasn't, you know, I, I guess I realized how unhealthy it was for me again at that time, because for example, like, like there was this one time in particular that I was so frustrated that I ended up like crying about it and all this different type of stuff. Uh, and I'm sure there was a lot of things that was frustrating me beyond the not just gratifying myself at that time. Um, but still the fact that it took that much of a toll and, and had that much of an effect on me showed me that, okay, yeah, this might not be something that's, you know, helping you in this walk or whatever the case is now, you know, I don't know if I would say things are different now. I don't know. Um, I just would say that I believe that honoring that at that time, it was something that was brought to my attention. Like, Hey, you might need to take some control over this area and, and whatnot. I mean, I don't think it's something that the Bible was like, Hey, don't blah, blah, blah. It doesn't specifically say that, but I think it, I think it kind of boils down to like your mindset. I think it kind of boils down to like, like they say, what you're thinking about when, when you're doing it and just all those different things. I think for me at that time, it was one of those important things to show me that, Hey, you can have self-control in this area. Um, you don't have to do this, you know, and, and things like that. So. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing. And I have, I go back and forth with this, you know, I've been working so hard to try to heal my relationship with sex. So at least that I know what is right for me. Because it's impossible to really know what's right for us if we're not healed. Because, well, it's, uh, I don't know if this is the right analogy or not to use with this, but it's the first one that came to mind. But you know, the very first thing when you, let's just say that you eat whatever, you're one of those people that eat it, whatever, like I do. But then you go, all right, it's time to go vegan, or I'm going to go on a fast, or, or you start eating clean. And you notice how much better you feel. And, but, but you don't, but if you, when you go back to that old way of eating, you kind of feel like crap for a little bit, but then you get used to it and then you get used to feeling like crap. So how I'm using that with a masturbation analogy, bear with me, You did. but I, I'm trying with my own self and trying to heal and go, okay, well, what's normal for me? What's, what am I really? And okay, if that's who I am, well, how do I? Because if you recognize that you are something or you're someone or you have a certain set of needs, then it's like, okay, well, how do I get those needs and still honor God? Or how do I satisfy that, whatever that is? In other words, it could be my attraction to men or the, the kinky sex desires that I have because regular sex just doesn't always seem like it's something I want to do um, because I'm used to the more extreme stuff. So. I'm saying all of that to say that one of the areas that when I try to really, really work on myself, it was go without masturbation. Mm -hmm. Because again, your mind and your thoughts can trigger a whole buffet of yes. <laughs> freedomness and yeah. craziness. And to go back to the food. So mm -hmm. I had to do the same thing a few different times. And so I'm at this place of going, kind of like what you said. I don't know if it's necessarily wrong, but what am I looking at or what am I thinking about when I'm doing it? That's where the discussion of is this wrong or not? And another thing too that I want to talk about is what you talked about was really obedience. Because yeah, I don't see it in the Bible. I don't see it at all in the Bible, per se. I can see some indirect things that could go back to masturbation, but nothing like 
and God said, do not whack your, never mind, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I just said it, anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. that's a jerking off, masturbation, rubbing one out, all right. Yeah, anyway, this is not a normal ministry. We we're we're honest here, and we we're a little bit crude sometimes. Um, but when I I don't I'm not one of those people that get caught up in the literal words of the Bible. I get caught up in what the Holy Spirit shows me in the Bible and speaks to me with, and that's what I take as marching orders. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not being obedient to this government. I don't care what Paul said. Jesus didn't say it. I'm not going to be obedient to this government. I'm not mm -hmm. going to force things into my body that I don't want in my body. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things I could use. So like, I disagree with the Bible there. Um, I have a lot of other disagreements with the Bible. However, mm -hmm. that Bible, there is nothing that will make the Holy Spirit come alive and start talking to you more than that book. So mm -hmm. for me, it's the exercise of obedience that matters above else. And so when God's going, hey, you should stop doing that or stop looking at that, then you know what? I'm going to listen and, and move forward. So I like how you address that because that to me shows that, that you're more on the relationship side of Jesus than you are the hierarchy of the rule book. Is that, does that mm. align with you? Did I say that right? Yes, sir. I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head about obedience and everything like that. Um, like, where it does say obedience is better than sacrifice and all the different things that it says. But, um, you know, yeah, like uh, now it's funny. I know you brought up the whole thing about like there's things you might not like and whatnot. I, I, it reminds me of my daily inspiration segment. I call that the pulp, right? Because I don't like pulp and juice and when my segments call it the juice. And so when I'm saying things that we might not like, I'll be like, oh, that, that might be pulp, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, yeah, there might be some things we don't fully understand or, or like or whatever case is. But, you know, but like you said, I mean, that needs to trump whatever your your personal feeling or belief is. You know, if you're going to follow Christ, right, if you're going to, you know, lay down your cross or, ca or carry your cross, whatever case is. And so I guess for me, yeah, at that time it was all right, miracle. You need to see. And I think, you know what, even now as I speak to you. We again, you guys know we're what 2020 now, and there's a there's this narrative out here that you can't control yourself, you can't control your mind, you yes. can't control like oh, I have no control over this or that. And I'm like, I guess I'm not trying to say I'm the only one, but I, I think my testimony is a, is a lot of me saying, you know, yeah, I can do X, Y, and Z. So at that time, it was like, yeah you can take a break on this masturbation thing, you know what I mean? And and now I see the self-control that I can sit here and tell people. Yeah, you can have self-control in that area. Have you tried it? You know, um, things like that. Um, you know, I feel like I've changed my life in regards to I was someone that was procrastinating when it came to like Bible study for myself and stuff like that. And now I literally get up every morning at four with the intention to not only study, but then share in the mornings, you know. And and so there's just so many different things like that that has happened in my life where, you know, I took this thing where it was like, I need to challenge myself or I need to do this thing. And then you do it, you know? Um, and, and I'm not going to say it was easy. Cause again, I told y'all <laughs> that sounds crazy that somebody was boohooing cause they couldn't touch themselves, but it happened. You know what I mean? It's my testimony. It was a real moment. Um, but at the same time, it just was like, you know, I look at the, uh, uh, instead of doing that that day, I think I cleaned some chores. I did, you know, did some chores, clean up my space that I had. 
Um, I did this little art project that I had been on my heart and mind for a while. I had these boots that I wanted to kind of draw on and stuff. And so I call those my inspiration boots. And I had like different quotes on there and different little drawings and stuff. I ended up finishing those that day. And, you know, all these different other things that I focused on rather than that thing that I thought I needed to do in that moment, you know? And so, yeah, I am here to say that, yeah, you know, whatever it is, you can't take control. You know, you can have self-control. Um, you can change your mind. You can, you know, do things differently. It's just, do you want to? Like, I don't think that's that's one of my pet peeves to say that you can't do something. It's not that you can't. Just say you don't want to. That's the holy. That's the truth, really. You know. So anyway, <laughs> I can go on and on, but yeah. I think it's so interesting how, uh, like, you've noticed when when you stop putting all of your focus and energy into that one thing that seems to be consuming your mind that all of a sudden you have so much time and energy to get all this other stuff done. That's exactly. pretty telling. Yeah, well, that's where your, your, that's your source energy. It's your creative energy. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, when you store it up, I mean, there is a, like when you get it, there's some very deep, deep, powerful spiritual conversations about sex and sexuality. Like there is a, the spiritual nature of sex is far more deep and broad and it's bigger than really even what the Bible made sex out to be. And yet, yes, it talked about the dangers of it and also talked about the beauty of it. But it's deeper than what the Bible talks about. I mean, because when you get into soul ties and the energetic exchange, the there's so many factors that are bigger than just being one, you know, being with one person for the rest of your life. Or, I mean, the, all that makes sense. I get it, especially when you understand soul ties and you understand that those that exchange and how it all works. But there, it, 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 but then also just with our own power and what we're able to do. I, I'm of the belief too that when we have that energy stored up, like that's when we get to. Be able to do miracles and things like that like i mean i believe that those those all tie in together and i don't fully understand all of it but there's just more to it than what we've been told and why like why it can be dangerous but why it's also a gift mm -hmm. and one of the mistakes that i wish that i could take one of the things about my sexual past that i wish that i could change is just giving my energy literally to people that didn't need it mm -hmm. or even taking people's energy that I didn't need to be taking. Mm. And when I started to see it from the spiritual side of things, of course, there's some deep, dark wormholes to go down with that, mm -hmm. but, and which can get a little scary <laughs> for that matter. But <laughs> there is, but when I started to wrap my head around the soul ties part of it and and I started to think about someone's DNA being attached to me. I, it changed my attitude about sex because before that I was like, I'm gonna put my penis and whatever will take it. I mean, that was just my, I was a chem sex addict. So if there was a couch, I mean like whatever. I, it, just, it was a different, I came from a darker, darker place with all of this, mm -hmm. but it took that understanding to break me away from just like wanting to sleep with whoever. Mm. 
Soul yeah. tie is a pretty powerful aspect of that. And of course, in, in the deliverances I've gone through, the biggest emphasis of the of the deliverances were removing soul ties. Mm. Do you know about that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm kind of reminded at talking to you all today that, you know, that verse that says, you know, uh, basically I was sinning against our own bodies when it comes to this yeah. sex, you know, thing. And like you said, it's, again, that's one of my main messages as I talk to people is that, yeah, there is more to sex than it's being shared. The funny thing is we had one of the first panel discussions that we had on GSL when I kicked it off was about soul ties. And we had like one person that was like, oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> but the, everybody else was like, oh, yeah, we've experienced it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, again, um, it's just one of those things. I think another thing that I've learned on this journey of doing GSL and, and launching it and everything like that, um, I feel like God has shown me that like there's all these different things or everything, really, when you think about like what the world tells us about sex and everything, it, it's like everything is the complete opposite of whatever the Bible says. If the Bible yeah. says this, then the world is telling us the complete opposite. So, yeah, the world's like, oh, have all the sex. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Da, 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 da. And then the Bible's like literally like, hey, have sex like this. Don't do that. that. Don't do that either. X, Y, and Z. And, and again, sometimes we unfortunately we don't see, like you say, until we actually either go through it or we're on the other side. Then we'll understand why it says what it says, but in the midst of it or whatever, when we're facing it, depending on where you are spiritually, yeah, it could be one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, the world's doing it. Why am I the one over here not doing it? Like, I, I literally ask God those questions. I'm like, why you got me over here caring? Like, nobody else my age cares. Like, you know, but, but Lord, I, know. Know I am, you know, so, uh, you know, things happen for a reason and everything like that. Sorry to cut mm -hmm. you off. Charlotte thinks like that all the time. Our youngest daughter. She's like, Mom, why do I have to be nice to the neighbor when she's a jerk to me? She doesn't call her mm -hmm. a jerk. But it's very, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It is. It is. But it, it's funny that you said that because this morning when I was talking on the juice, I was telling the people basically like, but you know, let God take care of the vengeance. He tells us to turn the other cheek and, and to let him have all that. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's hard to do, right? We might not want to do it. Look, it might be pulp, right? You might not like it. But um, again, there could be this piece that comes with it where it's like, okay, I'm going to just let God handle the vengeance or handle the get back part. And I'm just going to, you know, bl bless you and not curse you and all those different things that it tells us to do. And, you know, again, it's not, it's not the easiest thing, but, you know, you can find peace in it though by, by doing it. Well, we can find peace in obedience. It's the only place to find peace, I believe, because mm -hmm. I don't believe for a second that we live in a one size fits all. I mean, the principles work for everyone, mm -hmm. but the way God applies the principles to our life or wants us to apply the principles he's given us will look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, but I, but I love that, but that it takes a relationship to even get to that place where, you know, you're getting, get, getting confirmations on truth. Or yes. is this what you want me to do, God? Like, are you sure about this? And because I promise you, the, the Holy Spirit sent, has sent me down. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be in Minnesota right now. Uh, <laughs> I would have done 98% of the things that I ended up with. Now I can say is I did for the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's some wild stuff that they the, the Holy Spirit sent me down that I know that he wouldn't have someone else do. He would have a different type of challenge for them. But the mm -hmm. challenges that we're given are not the enemy. 
It's God saying, okay, show me. Show me you want this. Show me that you're my servant. Show me that you are all in. And so we get these tasks that are like custom fit to challenge us. Go, mm -hmm. our, your giant is different than my giant. Her mm -hmm. giant is different than mine and so forth. Mm -hmm. But that's all you get from the relationship. The problem is, I think, is that we put so much emphasis, and I'm not bashing the church and I'm not bashing the Bible here, but we put so much emphasis on those things, the external, instead of focusing on the eternal. And that's where the relationship comes from. And that's where you know obedience. Mm -hmm. Because your marching instructions come from God telling you inside, not from the TV. Although you can get a word from the TV. You can get a word and during an interview like this. That's mm -hmm. not to be discounted. But I don't believe that we pay enough attention to the relationship side of things mm -hmm. and trusting that these instructions are coming from God. This is what I'm being obedient to, not what that person says is best for me. Yeah. No, no, but the guy on stage can be great and he can give you instructions, but in the end, you have to go to the yeah, Between you and God. And so that's, and I think that also God gives us the grace. I think we talked about this before, but God gives us the grace to walk out what we believe is true only to prove that we, <laughs> it's like proving to ourselves that, oops, my bad, God, I was wrong about that. And we get, gives us that grace to figure it out and for him to go, okay, you ready to listen to me now? Mm -hmm. And then you go, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, good. But, <laughs> that's, but you get that from the relationship too. And that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And the reason I'm talking about all of this is that I believe with everything in me, the reason why we don't have honest conversations about sex in the church is because of all the external stuff of I got to fit in this box. I got to be the person. I got to fit this. And this is the, the way that the church leadership, this is what they want. So if I don't fit in that box, then I'm not going to be welcome. So I got to change. And then the fear for these pastors to be honest, like the, the latest pastor stepped down because he was sending text DMs to somebody on Instagram. One of the easiest Things the easiest mistakes to do is somebody the very first picture they send you is a picture of something that just happens to stimulate you and you're going damn or like wow or and then you next thing you know you're engaged in this conversation that you didn't even know like you didn't go into it attending to to do to, to go be a perv or to send inappropriate messages but the problem is because we are so scared to just say. Oh man, I got hit up with a DM, and this is like, you know, I, I just, I, 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 I lost myself for a second because I'm going boobs, I love boobs, ah! and then because you become a human being, you're not the pastor of a church when you're staring at boobs you like. Let's just be real. Like if you're a dude who likes boobs, I don't care if you're the pope, if you're a monk or whoever. If you like boobs and they're in your face, you're. It's going to be a battle for you. And guess what? Guys, women too, make mistakes. And they slip. But because of the fear of what the external is going to say and do, because now I don't fit into their perfect box, mm. with fear being canceled, these pastors are not willing to be honest. Mm. 
And that is why we're having these problems is because mm -hmm. we're just not having honest conversations when anyone who is thinking clearly would know that we're all human and mm -hmm. temptation landmines all over us, especially now because mm -hmm. social media, Instagram is like the, um, the Sears catalog of the 1980s for mm -hmm. it's just there. And we've, the, the, uh, the sexual images have become so mainstream in every aspect that you can't avoid it. Even getting off social media, it's still there everywhere you go. So yeah. you just need to have honest conversations about all of this and then work together to find solutions because if lust is truly a problem and it's truly a cancer that can destroy relationships or that can destroy marriages and church we gotta have these healthy conversations and we have to be willing to admit that yeah check that those boobs a little bit too long and uh, yeah i lost my brain i was like hey you got nice boobs so anyway i'm saying all that just to say that i appreciate people like you who are willing to have these conversations and it doesn't mean what you're saying is right for everyone else but the fact is that you're willing to talk about it and how it worked for you, that's mm -hmm. big and that's important. And I believe what that does is it creates a bridge for people to come to you and be able to have their own healthy conversation about sex where they don't probably feel safe about it in church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, you know, thank you for, for seeing that, you know, because again, um, I've got, I haven't had too much negativity, but you know, you get every now and then, or you don't get any feedback. And so it's, it's nice to just get the validation and whatnot that, People understand the concept and everything like that. Um, I think what you just said is very true across the board. Um, a lot of the things that you shared there. I mean, you know, I guess the unfortunate thing is, you know, people in leadership positions. I mean, it tells you in the Bible about all that, y'all. You know, you're going to be held to another standard <laughs> and everything. And so, you know, um, but again, we all are human. And I, I think that's one of the main things I always share when I'm doing the juice or when I'm having conversations with people. It's at the end of the day, it's like, you know, hey, well, God gave us all free will to choose and believe what we want to believe. You know, I'm human, too. I have my ups, downs, all this different type of stuff as well. You know, I see, I, I still got hope or things that I might not like or understand about, you know, what the Bible is saying or even what sometimes what God is telling me to do X, Y, and Z. You know, um, I've been sharing a lot lately where I feel like God has told me to do something and then I don't do it. And then I'll see the results of me not doing it. And then I'm sharing on the podcast the next day like, yeah, so there was this thing I was that Lord told me to do, I didn't do it. Here we go, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, I guess maybe it's just another thing with the human experience that, you know, when you, you see people and you want to lift them up and, and everything like that. But I think that's why it's important for believers to always point back to Jesus, always point back to just like all the angels did. Like none of them was ever like, oh yeah, me, me, me. They was always like, nah, not me, him. So um, yeah, you know, you'll know them by their fruit at the end of the day. Yeah, there are like weird people or not sorry to say it that way, but or people that are wolves and sheep clothing and all of that as well. So we can't say that there's not, but you know, there are people that just fall, you know what I mean? They they might not get it every time, but um, but yeah, there is power with being honest about that, I would say. So yeah, God yeah. doesn't bless lies, he can work with truth though. Right. Um, Miracle, thank you uh, for your time. Thank you for 
just being an open book and thank you for doing what you do. Please let everyone know where they can support you, where they can buy your books, uh, where they can watch your podcasts. Just plug everything you want to plug. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, time is so short, it seems. But yeah, if you guys want to hear anything about God, Sex, and Love, I mean, we have GodSexAndLove.com. We have the Daily Inspiration segment that I try to have out by 6 a.m. on Mondays through Saturday. Um, on Friday nights at 7 is when the talk show, you know, usually I'm having conversations like this or, you know, panel discussions and all types of things. I, they told me on YouTube I got over 900 some videos now. Oh Lord, <laughs> that that is a blessing. Because <laughs> I remember wow. back in the day that part of my testimony is I used to get discouraged, and so I finally at this place where it's like, no matter what, I'm gonna keep going. And so look what God has done. But anywho, um, want to know more about me in general? ActressMiracleSims.com. All of my endeavors are there. My books are on Amazon and other places. Well. And so, yeah, that that's pretty much all about me. <laughs> Thank you, Miracle. God bless you, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Bye. I like not having a mouse being able to touch the screen. It's really cool. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm glad that uh, that finally worked out. I'm glad to too. have that conversation. And uh, I want to read the book. You should buy it. Well, I need you, to. You should listen to her podcast too. Yeah. God, sex, love. I yeah, I told you guys, she's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, just a very lovable human, and we don't necessarily agree on everything, um, but that doesn't matter. Like, no, I don't know any believers that agree on everything. <laughs> but I, her attitude and like what she spoke about with obedience. And listening to God and honor his instruction and, and how it worked out or fruit. Like she didn't spend a lot of time talking about her husband, but like I mean, it's part of her testimony and her reward. I mean, you you're part of my testimony too. And how when I being obedient and and doing the things that I didn't want to do, but being obedient is what opened up like the how I ended up I still amazed I'm in Minnesota, but like like how all that happened, it happened because of obedience. Like the family that we have happened because of obedience. And obedience is the key. And I, and she's right. I mean, like, look, I, no, so there are some people that believe every single word that's in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm a different believer in that sense because I believe that man, you know, manipulated the text, but that doesn't keep me from loving the Bible and appreciating it. It doesn't mean I don't have questions, but here's what I know about God. Ask the questions long enough, he's going to answer you. And that's part of the relationship. And part of what builds our faith is when we ask questions and we challenge, we can even challenge what we're reading or we can challenge God and what we feel that we're being told. And God will always confirm, always. But here's the thing that's so important that I hope that you all took from the conversation today. Nothing good happens without truth. And your truth may not end up being true later. It can change. Mm -hmm. But at least have the intention of being truthful and honest and integrity. And let God, God can work with that. So wherever you're at, wherever you're struggling with, this is in all areas. Just be honest with God about where you're at. He already knows. He just wants you to hear it. And from there, I promise you, start guiding you instructing you 
just listen and it's worth it and the crazier it sounds probably the more god it is yeah god knows your heart so intentions are everything. Well said, actually. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Um, actually, we're gonna, I'm going to do another segment after these messages. Thank you for being here. I'm about to explode. Come with me now. Get low. So, I uh, we just wrapped up with Miracle, and um, I thought I should just jump back. I wanted to, I did a broadcast yesterday, and this happens from time to time, uh, where I record and there's no sound. In fact, we did a broadcast yesterday with the girls, and uh, there was no sound. <laughs> but I didn't know that, because I jumped right into a solo presentation, and... Uh, it, 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 no sound either so it was like three hours of content it just disappeared but anyway I uh, just had a great conversation with uh, Miracle I, call, I think I called her Miraculous uh, it's a habit because her name is not actually Miraculous it just reads that way and uh, anyway thank goodness for editing <laughs> and redo um, but we talked about sex and sexuality and uh, truth that was a big part of this and you know those of you who have watched uh, my broadcast in the past you know that I'm pretty open about my life and my struggles and you know having DID which is disassociative identity disorder um, you know and it's, it's funny I, I have these moments where I think God's completely delivered me and then, uh, like, out of thin air, after several months of not switching, I disappear for a while. And um, that happened actually recently. And um, and I, I, I know why. And this is not a, a comfortable conversation because it literally sounds insane. You know, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, Multiple Personality Disorder and changing into different alters like it, it sounds insane and uh try living try living like this try being someone that loves me and it's with me every day and what it's like for them so you know i disappear from time to time <laughs> and like who you think you're seeing you're not of course some people notice some people don't and um you know it's I'm learning a lot about these switches and triggers and, you know, I'm so grateful to have Jessica in my life because she helps me navigate this and, you know, and we've figured out a way to, you know, not only live together, love each other, be best friends, be business partners, be lovers, be, she's my queen, she's all of these things, but we've figured out a unique way of living that works for us that keeps us from dealing with switches and alters and all kinds of stuff but it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been fun and so why i'm talking about did is because it also in in, in how i'm talking about it on the the flip side of an interview about sex is because the two go hand in hand for me um 
you know, for the longest time, I thought each of my alters, and this was true, had a different sexuality. And that's how I knew, and that's how I could tell people who was really present, the people that were close to me, is like, this is how you would know who you're talking to. And without going into all the backstories and everything else, um, one of the things that I've noticed as God has healed me, and I've started to really become one solid identity, but with these little mini switches. And that's what, you know, I just recently dealt with. Is as I become whole, I'm starting to recognize who I am. And I don't know if that's who I'm going to be at the end of my healing. I don't know. So what I'm getting at is this. I've always, you know, since my massive relapse and God told me to put a spotlight on my shadow world, um, and I didn't get the luxury of having secrets, one of the things that he asked me to do, actually commanded me to do, and then the act of obedience, and I'm going to honor this always, is that when I struggle, I'm going to talk about it. When I, if I relapse or I, any of those other things, I'm going to talk about it. If I have a moment of just like straight evil or a switch or, you know, any of that, I'm just going to talk about it. And so this is where I'm at. So as I started to heal, I started to notice that, you know, with as complicated as my sexuality has been, that I've become more comfortable with my attraction to men. More comfortable, not less. Not, this is bad, went away, more comfortable. Now, mind you, my taste has been more refined from my past whore days, um, but it it's still there, and it's very much present. And uh, and so, and that's always interesting in a marriage, too, because, you know, it's like, well, wait a second, you, you're married to a woman. Yeah, married to a very beautiful woman that I'm very attracted to, and love uh, having sex with. But there's this part of me that exists that is ignored, that is shamed, it's neglected, it's treated poorly, and uh, and and, and I, it, it's alienated. And that is the side of me that is attracted to men. And it's not just an attraction as in sex, it is a well, it's more than that. It's a, um, a, a deeper soul connection slash uh, companionship slash something. And so and what I've discovered in this journey is that it's really more desperate. Desperate may not be the right word, but it feels appropriate right now. Need for companionship that's male. That is really not even that much to do with sex. But because of my chem sex addiction all those years and the, what I opened myself up to sexually, no pun intended, um, but the different things that I did, I, I kind of ruined this healthy outlook of sex and, you know, there's this a man and woman get together and they kiss and they, and they make love and everything's pretty. I, I don't understand that at all. Never have. Actually, want to I want to understand it, and the making love side of me is getting better because, well, I'm learning to love more, but I'm not all the way there yet. 
But for the longest time on this journey that I thought it was a physical expression of sex that I needed to let out. And that with men, like that part felt empty. That part felt neglected. That part felt like, well, you're not loving me. And I know what the Bible says. And I can show you things to argue that and, you know, show you why your translation's messed up and not really what the Bible is saying. But, you know, what it was saying in the Greek text and the Hebrew and everything else. I could argue that, but I, I don't want to do that um, right now. I just want to be honest with where I'm at and let things be where they are. The Bible says what it says. Every version of the Bible says something, and it, it has a statement that people are following, depending on which version you read, depending on probably what you're doing. That said, the Bible's there. And I love the Bible, and it's the greatest instruction manual of all time. It's the greatest way to communicate with the Holy Spirit, and I've ever experienced, other than just prayer itself, uh, and praise and worship. But I'm not going to sit here and act like my sexuality has changed any, because if anything, it's become more pronounced that I, I'm attracted to men too. Um, very much into my wife. I think my wife is the most perfect person in the world for me, and. I hope that I'm the most perfect person for her. But solving this issue has been a huge thing for me. It's so stupid, too. And as I mentioned in the interview with Miraculous, it's this one small, like it's, it's this small. It's this small. That's it. But that's how big sex is, or like sex is that much a part of my life, yet it's become as big as my head, <laughs> as big as this head here. It's crazy. It's been my Achilles heel. You think about the Achilles tendon. It's a tendon, right? Like that Achilles like ruins people's careers in sports. And this is my Achilles heel. Paul's thorn in his side, maybe. But I've been desperately trying to solve it. And I put so much energy into trying to figure it out that sometimes I neglect other parts of my life. And I don't believe that that's what God wants. And so I wrestled with this and I've tried to come with peace to peace about it. And then I accept myself. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? God loves me exactly the way I am. So I'm going to let myself be attracted to men. Well, then <laughs> what I didn't really realize is that I was setting myself up to trigger myself to make me want it more. And then when I wanted it more, well, now what do I do? I mean, I gotta scratch this itch now. It's not going away. It's getting louder. So I tried masturbating. Masturbating made it worse. Start looking at porn, thinking that was gonna help. Yeah, it, I love Jesus and I looked at porn. Not, I, not proud of it. Just trying to scratch that itch, trying to make it go away. But it made it worse and made it worse and made it worse and made it worse and made it worse. And then became, it became a disruption in my life. Not just my relationship, but my life. So... This is a real struggle for me because I want to honor God in everything I do. But this 
other part of me has been so misunderstood for so long and so neglected. And when I try not to neglect it and pay attention to it, I don't really know how to handle it when it's like, when it feels loved, when it feels loved, then it wants to come out and play and express itself. Why do you express yourself? You do it with sex, right? Or whatever. Well, this is what I thought. This is what I thought I needed. And yeah, sex is fun. But I had a friend that I interviewed that struggled with the same thing. Um, said it's really just companionship that you need. I'm like, well, crap, I don't have any friends that I hang out with. Um, how am I going to do this? So this last few weeks since I've last broadcast, I mean, we've been so busy with this media project. It was so awesome and so fun. I can't wait to do the next round of them. But it's also been a real battle for me um, personally because I am wanting to honor God, wanting to honor my wife, and yet still love myself and not shame myself. And uh, it's been a struggle. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend. And I know I've talked about this before, so it's like, why talk about it again? It's like I've seen all of these preachers get in trouble. All of these preachers, inappropriate messages on Instagram, in, inappropriate relationships with a staff member, hiring male escorts. Like these preachers that are getting in trouble are people are humans. And I'm not a preacher, but I do, I am an evangelist, I guess. It was what a name I've been given. Because I talk about my love for Jesus and God and how Jesus changed my life. I'm just also very honest about where I'm at. Like, something's not right. Something's not right. And whether it's the Bible, whether it's the church, but our whole attitudes and relationships with sex suck. And it's universal. The church, the Bible is not, I mean, look, you can get mad at me if you want, but it's not exactly crystal clear. And again, if you look up the real meanings of certain words or what they're referring to, it, a lot of the things that are taught to us are not really what it means. But that's the thing about interpretation is that you can do that. You can translate things how you want. But I do know one thing that's clear is that God doesn't bless lies. And the truth is what God will bless. And even if your truth and our truth is not God's truth, he gives us the grace to let us walk it out until he's ready to correct us. And I've spent a lifetime listening to other men and our man, man, the church and the Bible. Talk about sexuality and what the Bible says. But I got to tell you something. It's really easy to say that, well, I turned into something that was, again, I hate the word bisexual, but let's just use it for fun. Like, oh, well, being molested by men and women created that. I, I, I honestly don't believe that's true. It could be a generational sin. 
curse. Pretty confident that my dad was pretty kinky, just based on what I experienced my whole life. Um, so there's no telling what he was really into. I don't know. But I, I know one thing. Like, I can't sit here and pretend that I'm something I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm, you know, only have eyes for my wife. It's not true. I mean, she owns my heart. God, the girls. But I don't have a healthy relationship with sex. Like, sex for me is coupled threesomes, group, uh, hot wifing. Like, I mean, these are the things that go through my head. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not going to aggravate it by... <laughs> tempting myself and like, you know, putting the images and things like that in my face, which is a big mistake because nothing lies to you more than porn. Porn is the greatest lie and deception of them all. And there's a lot of deceptions, but I'm not at a place where I even want to have sex unless if it's something kinky or weird. And I know that that's fine with a wife, but, or, you know, as far as the church is concerned, but like it just feels like not normal. And it's like mental gymnastics. So, The word of God is to to renew our minds. The word of God, and I believe the word of God actually can come just as much from inside as it can outside the Bible. Like God speaks to us too. He gives us his word when he speaks to us. It's God's word. And so I've spent a lifetime listening to other people for advice and this is the right way to do it, this is the wrong way. And it's always led me to more frustration. But I, I, I can't, I don't live that way and I can't live that way. It's part of why I got off social media that and to remove any, you know, external stimulation that doesn't need to be there or any external triggers that don't need to be there. I'm like eliminating everything possible because I really do want to have a healthy relationship with sex so that I don't have to go through these, this endless, tireless, tireless, tire, it's extremely tiring, this, this, this warfare that goes on in my mind, because in my heart, I feel that I'm to be one way, but yet externally, I'm told that's wrong. And so something's got to give. Something's got to give. You can say, well, this is what the Bible says all day long to me, but I'm going to tell you that, you know, I get that. I understand that, but it doesn't mean that that feels like it's right for me. Again, that could be part of sin. I could be wrong. 
But again, I could also argue with you and show you how when the Bible talks about homosexuality, it's not talking about what you think it is, which most likely you think it is. It's way different to, from my understanding and what I've researched and found on my own. Also, show you that you know, for the people that like to say that the King James version of the Bible is the Bible, well, the writer of that Bible was known as Queen James, the Queen of England, because he was a flaming homosexual. I mean, there's just so much that has been twisted, confused, and manipulated. And all I know is the end result is that we are at war with each other, and at the same time. So much of what's going on, the Bible absolutely predicted. So I don't, I'm not discounting the Bible. But I am going to say this. I'm not going to be that man of God or that preacher that has anyone hang anything over their head. Or I'm not going to live in secret. And I'm not going to sit there and hide my flaws if they are flaws. Like if this is the way God made me, am I flawed? Oh, I know what the Bible says, but... Bible also says to be obedient to this government. And, uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I can't do that because they're, the government's asking me to go against what God's asked me to do. So why would I be obedient to that? So if that's wrong, what else is wrong? So I don't have all the answers. And you can discount me as a man or a man of God because I'm attracted to men. And I mean, I'm really, really unsure of the healthy way to go about that. And, and whether I ignore it, embrace it, what? I don't know. I don't know what the right thing for me is. But this is very, very much real for me. And so are the kinky sex desires. Because that's what I know. I don't really know normal sex. There's always something traumatizing attached to it for me. Seriously. Like, even, I got a breakup sex. Breakup sex was a thing. That was the most normal sex I had, was breakup sex. So, I'm figuring all of this out. It's going to probably be ugly. It's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to do everything right. But I'm going to be honest about it, too. And um, because I know that by being honest about it, one, other people will know they're not alone, because I know I'm not the only one, because I'm watching all the resignations of preachers. That? I can't tell you how many gay and bisexual preachers I talk to day in and day out for various reasons. There's a lot of people suffering in silence and a lot of people that don't understand and a lot of people that are not having this thing taken from them, no matter what they do. But everyone's afraid to talk about it because they are afraid. They're afraid of, getting, of, of, of losing money. They're afraid of losing their congregation. They're afraid of losing donors and donations and sponsors and everything else. Well, I don't have any of that. I don't, we are, we are a 501c3 nonprofit media company. We serve 
We don't ask for donations. We need donations. We need your support because we are viewer supported. We serve. But we also don't have people hanging anything over our head. We don't know how things get are going to get paid. We just rely on God. And so far, he's providing everything we need. Everything we need. So when we're supposed to look at someone's fruit as to how we're going to judge them, well, I mean, I'm attracted to guys. I Part of me wants to understand what all that really entails. I mean, it's probably just companionship, to be honest with you. It's way less sex than I think or that my brain wants to tell me. I think it really is companionship, and which is something I haven't had, like a male friend in a long time without something tragic attached to it. It may be that the people that I was closest to are the ones that molested me. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it in a healthy way or try to do it in a healthy way. It will be perfect. But the thing is, is if I don't know my identity and I don't know who I am, or if I do know who I am and I'm not allowed to be that, then that's not going to feel good either. That's a, that's not loving myself. It's not making loving decisions for myself. So I get to do that. And I'm going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I'm like in counsel with the Lord with this. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm, you know, some squeaky clean preacher guy because I'm not. I don't even want to call myself an evangelist. And the only, I think names are stupid. And the only reason why I like the world's mayor nickname is because it's really not even about me. It's about a mindset to elevate everyone I work with, everyone around me. I'm going to elevate. You know what? I can't do that if I'm living a lie. And I'm not going to live a lie. I haven't lived a lie. I'm not going to live a lie now. I've been honest about my confusion. I've been honest about my struggle. And guess what? It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And I know there's other people out there that are just like me. And you are loved. God loves you the way you are. God does, may not love your sin. He doesn't love my sin. But I'm not 100% sure this is a sin. Maybe it is. Maybe the way you can go about it makes it a sin. But I don't know what the, the real answer is because I know I know this is unequivocally, the right word for this, unequivocally. I know this without a shadow of a doubt that if I was acting out in a way that God didn't like, then... God would make me feel it. Because sin is death. And when you serve the Lord and you're obedient to the Lord and you do anything that is not aligned with the Lord, that that's when the Holy Spirit really will speak. That's when he'll make your stomach cramp up so bad you can't walk if you're about to do something you're not supposed to do. So I don't know the answers. But I just know that there's something wrong with what we've been told this whole time. And I'm not a supporter of any agendas. 
uh, other than the truth agenda. And I want to know what's right for me. I want to live the way that I'm supposed to live. I don't want to live in defiance to what God has told me to do. And God is, is not a book. God's in everything. But God's not a book. You don't worship the book. The relationships with not with the book. The relationships with the Lord. With Christ. And that's really the only way I know to measure any truth at all. Is that not a book? Nothing. So if you're out there and you're struggling with anything, really, it could be any type of shame or secrets or struggle. And look, here's the thing. The, the, the sex and lust and sexuality struggle, that's a real that's a real thing. You know why? Because you got landmines of temptation all around you. Social media, the internet as a whole, what's on TV, go to the gym, shower at the gym. It just triggers everywhere. And so the only thing I know to do is to remove all of those things that could potentially trigger me to do something that is against, that I know is against God. And that's what I'm focused on. But at the same time, I'm going to be honest about where I'm at, who I am, and judge me all you want. I don't care. I don't live for you. I live for God. And part of living for God is being honest. And part of my testimony, because I've shared my testimony so publicly and honestly, it's in the Devil Inside Me book, it's in our movie, I've done broadcast on it, and now this. Thank you. It's best to be honest. So that way God can work in your life. So you're not alone if you're struggling. And I'm happy to be there. I don't want to do anything that triggers anybody. But if you need prayer, you need a friend, you need to vent, you need to talk to, or you have a kid that's going through this, those are actually my favorite messages to get when it's a parent saying, will you talk to my kid? Because I know what it's like. And um, I know one thing. Without truth, nothing good gets set in motion. God bless you. Thank you for watching. And um, again, if you need anything, reach out. I, I think I've said this like 14 times, though. I don't know what the point of this was other than to say, I love Jesus with all my heart. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Without God, like nothing in my life wouldn't fit, make sense, or even work, or I have no fruit. And right now we have, a, a, we're doing like God has blessed us immensely. And the only way I know that is because if I'm doing something that's against him, then maybe I'm only being rewarded because I'm being honest. Or maybe what we've been told is a lie. Both could be true. None could be true. I don't know. But until then, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to remove anything that is necessary to keep 
temptation from flaring up so I don't act out, switch, make any bad decisions, any of that. I'm going to do my part to honor God and let him work out the rest. What that ends up looking like, I don't know. I'll tell you, but I just want you to know if you're struggling, you're not alone. If I can be there for you, let me know. God bless. Thank you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see.